Hello and welcome back to the Biology of Superheroes podcast. I am your host, Arian Darby, and I'm joined as always by the incomparable Shane Campbell-Staten. Aw, yeah. And we're kicking off our second mini-sode ever, the November mini-sode. Such a pleasure to be coming to you guys with more than one episode every month. And without further ado, we're going to just kick it off right here, right now. Let's jump in. All right. So first up wanted to give you guys a quick update on what is going on in the world of comics, at least from my perspective in terms of what I'm reading. So I started to dive into this new series called Absolute Carnage from writer Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman, and it's starring everyone's favorite Marvel psychopath, Cletus Cassidy. This is always like such a disturbing character. Very much so. I I would say that this is a series that is probably meant for a slightly more mature audience because he is a rampaging serial killer. Yeah. Let's let's say at least PG-13. Absolutely. (laughs) But since we've been on the subject of mental health, I've certainly kind of been on a similar kick Mm. with the literature I've been reading in the comic book world. And it's a really fascinating series because this time the stakes are higher than ever because instead of unleashing a senseless serial killing spree, Carnage is specifically targeting people who have had a history with symbiotes. And that means we get some really cruel crossover action from other Marvel characters that have bonded with the symbiote in the past. So Captain America, Wolverine, Norman Osborn, and of course, Eddie Brock as Venom. Now, is, is he fighting them or is he bonding with them? He's definitely fighting them. And what's interesting is we get some insight into the latest mythology around the symbiotes and the existence of this being called Null, which is the creator and god of all the symbiotes that have ever been in existence, all the way back to when Spider-Man first encountered the symbiote in uh, Secret Wars. Oh, wow. Okay. So Carnage... The OG. Yeah, he's the OG of it all. And (laughs) Carnage is actually coming after everyone in the Marvel Universe that has ever been affected or bonded to a symbiote in an effort to collect this codex that's actually embedded in these people after they've had that bonding. And once he's able to collect all of these codexes, these codices, uh, he'll be able to open up this connection to Null and essentially unleash him on the Marvel Universe. Oh, Lord. Okay. So it's this big, bad story shaping up. Like an apocalypse. Yeah, total apocalypse scenario. And you get the most interesting, strange kind of pairings of these heroes and, and Venom and some other characters in the Marvel Universe all coming together to essentially stop Carnage from achieving this goal and unleashing madness on the world. That sounds really intense. Yeah, so it's pretty fascinating stuff. Again, not meant for our younger listeners out there, but if you're looking for an interesting place to hop on into the world of symbiotes and venom and carnage and get an understanding of of where this story is heading and how it's going to more broadly impact the Marvel Universe, this is a cool jumping-on point to get a taste of the, the madness of that side of the world. Yeah, and if you're really interested in Venom, you should also check out episode 8, where we talk about Venom and the biology of extremophiles and what symbiosis is. Very cool. So, what about you, Shane? I know there's some new stuff happening literally in your world. 
yeah. when it comes to science. Yeah, in my world in science. So um, for those of you that don't know, um, you know, when I am not doing the podcast thing, uh, I am an assistant professor uh, of ecology and evolutionary biology at UCLA. And um, as part of my job, I do a lot of research. Uh, you know, I have my own lab here that I'm starting up. And we've been doing a lot of really interesting things, uh, mostly studying contemporary evolution. So trying to understand humans as an engine for evolutionary change and adaptation. And one of our projects revolves around elephants, trying to understand the evolution of elephants in Mozambique and South Africa and a few other places uh, in the context of human-animal conflict. And recently, actually just last week, uh, I just got a grant from the National Geographic Society to conduct this research. So I am officially a 2019 National Geographic Explorer, which I am super excited about. That's huge, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. Are you going to be in the magazines or? Oh, man, I wish. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, think I, don't know if they, I don't know if they want this mug in those magazines. We'll see. Very cool. All right, let's get into our review shout-outs. Ooh. Mm-hmm. We've got some good ones. I, we're going to take this to heart because okay. today we're reading some four-star reviews. Ooh. Not five-star. Ooh. Four-star reviews. Okay. This is constructive criticism, okay. Shane. I don't know how you feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I but mean, look, I'm a scientist, man. Our entire thing is built on constructive criticism, so bring it on. All right, here it goes. First one from Little Elk. 27. They say, I enjoy the concept of this podcast, but I find that there's a lot of sidetracked chit chat between the hosts that I find distracting and off topic. Like with episode nine, almost the first 10 minutes are Star Wars versus Star Trek discussion. And when the hosts got into them, that's just not the information that I want to listen to. I wish they'd just get into it more. And we have a follow-up review from oh, a follow-up BBBB quadruple B Tay Bledsoe's who says it's great but there is side chit chat not needed okay so you know I, I think we're, we're catching on to the fact that there's a, a theme and a thread between these two comments in particular uh -huh. and you know honestly what's interesting is this endeavor to a certain extent sort of spun out of a desire, at least on my end, to catch up with a friend yeah. that I hadn't had a chance to really connect with in a long time. And, you know, you came and kind of proposed this idea of this podcast that you were working on and mm -hmm. wondered if I wanted to join in on the conversation. And my earliest thought was, yeah, it would be great to just talk chat. to my friend and chat. Yeah, catch up. Yeah. And now, you know, I think since then, you know, we realized like now that you know, we're like episodes in, you know, I think we're moving towards trying to, you know, polish, uh, polish the product. I think we're moving away from, you know, the catch up thing, especially now that we live in the same place, like we get to talk all the time, you know, so now, you know, I think, you know, I think we've moved in the right direction in terms of like trying to, you know, make our delivery a little bit more efficient and, you know, and a little bit more focused on the topic at hand. So we definitely appreciate the criticism, and that's something that we will certainly keep in mind. Um, but hopefully we are already moving in the right direction. 
Yeah, honestly, I, we really, once we saw these reviews, it, it really hit home and we took it into uh, account not only in terms of how we're approaching the main episodes themselves, but also for the reason why we spun off these minis- minisodes to begin with, because it allows us that chance to be a little bit more conversational, talk about you know, just generally what's going on in the world of science and comic books and catch up with each other. But if you want the hardcore hitting science and the interviews and, and that tight episode experience, that's what the main episodes are there for. But if you want the opportunity to feel like you can get the chance to know us a little bit better and hear what's going on with uh, our own worlds respectively, mm-hmm. that's what the minisodes are designed to do. So hopefully everyone's finding that this is giving uh, folks an opportunity to experience the best of both worlds. And for the people that didn't mind the side chit-chat or the conversation, no peace between us, we have that banter for you in spades in our mini-sode. <laughs> yeah. But if you want that more hard-hitting kind of science approach, we've got that for you in the main episodes. And we we'll continue and to polish that and, and keep it moving. So, yeah. yeah. And also keep the criticisms coming. You know, I mean, like I said, you know, I'm a scientist. Like the entire field of science works on constructive criticism. Um, you know, so... I'd be really interested to hear like what people think of, you know, of the new split between the minisodes and the and the main episodes and and how we're doing as we move through season 2. Absolutely. And speaking of really enjoying just hearing from you guys, it's been amazing the feedback and all of the inquiries that we've gotten about just questions concerning the podcast and I think that transitions us nicely into looking at what exactly our comic book queries were for this month. Here we go. First up, Ethan T. Swire or Swear. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but this was a submission from IG. And they ask, Black Panther's suit absorbs kinetic energy. So could you talk about how the suit would store it as potential? Obviously, vibranium is fictional, but it could have a real-world equivalent. Ooh, yes. Yeah, so, oh man, yes. Yeah, so this is this is a hard one, and I should preface this by saying I am not a mechanical engineer by any means, um, or a physicist <laughs> by any means whatsoever. Um, but at the very you know basic level, yeah. I mean, I think essentially, you know, Black Panther's suit somewhere built into that technology would have to be some like very small, incredibly efficient equivalent of a generator, which essentially translates mechanical energy into electrical energy. And this is based on um, Michael Faraday's law of electromagnetic induction. So you have an electric current that's produced by like a rotating coil that uh, moves in and out of an electric field. And then uh, that motion creates voltage. And then that voltage can then be used for whatever purpose. Uh, and, and that's the same basic technology that, uh, you know, I think is used in turbines and windmills and dams and things like that. You know, but in this case, it would be, you know, storing the, you know, the mechanical energy of like, I guess, suit, you know, uh, displacement of, you know, the vibranium crystals when they're when it's being when the suit is being punched or kicked or something like that. But obviously, I mean, there's a lot of innovation that would have to go into developing that type of technology. Uh, and obviously, like we talked about things like, you know, piezoelectricity, um, you know, which uh, Dr. Sebastian Alvarado mentioned, which is also a way of translating mechanical energy into electrical energy. You know, but, you know, the sort of technology that would need to be 
you know, developed by like Wakandan scientists to pull this off in the suit. I think it's far beyond anything that we have in real life right now. So I, I hope that's somewhat satisfying. Again, you know, I'm not uh, a mechanical engineer or a physicist, and I will not pretend to be. Um, and actually, if there's any uh, any folks uh, who are uh, who actually are um, mechanical engineers or physicists out there, and uh, you want to chime in, uh, I would also love to hear your thoughts on on this question. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, we really love hearing your questions, your comments, your thoughts. We're on all of the social media platforms, essentially. So whether you reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, uh, shoot us a DM, comment on one of our posts, and we just love hearing from you guys and, and getting engaged with the, the conversations that you bring to the table. Because uh, what I've quickly realized is that we have a wicked sharp and smart audience tuning into this pod. And, Seriously. Uh, you know, I think the collective intelligence and, and knowledge pool that you guys bring to the table can only help this conversation flourish. So bring it. Oh yeah, keep it coming. And so for our second comic book query, this one comes from Yo Jesus on Instagram, and it's actually literally quite more of a direct comic book query. So he's asking, can anyone defeat Thanos one-on-one? -on -one? <laughs> this is a big one. I, I, I like that name, by the way, Yo Jesus. Hey, Yo Jesus. Hey, yo. <laughs> Thanos. Okay. Um, well, What's your take? Who do, you, who do you think, Shane? So, I mean, I think that there are... We definitely got some heavy hitters in the Marvel Universe. We'll stick with the Marvel Universe. We're not going to jump out into, you know, other cross-dimensional scenarios. Uh, so, for me... The top three, my top three in a fight with Thanos. Um, well, if we're considering heroes, right? So, I mean, obviously there's things like, you know, like the world eater, you know, which, I mean, what are you going to do against somebody who eats planets as a meal? But um, I would say in terms of the heroes, my top three would be Thor, Captain Marvel, and the Hulk. So, you know, we saw that Hulk got the business uh, in Infinity War, and I'm not quite sure what happened there. I think a lot of people were quite upset with how that turned out. And then also, I know I was even more upset by the fact that he got absolutely no comeuppance in Endgame. I thought there was going to be some epic battle where, like, you know, Hulk got to avenge his, you know, his loss, but that just didn't turn out. But in the Marvel Universe, uh, I think, you know, if I'm not mistaken, you know, one of the characters that Thanos is constantly concerned about is the Hulk. And I think it's mostly because, like, the Hulk, I mean, there really is no limit to his power, you know, except how mad he can get, right? So, like, the madder he gets, the stronger he gets. So, you know, I mean, if he's infinitely pissed off, who knows what the Hulk can do? And, uh, and we've seen them go, I think, toe-to-toe -to -toe a few different times. And, you know, the Hulk has definitely handled his business. Um, but uh, Captain Marvel, you know, I mean, we saw how that played out in, uh, in Endgame. And, like, quite honestly, you know, if, you know, in a straight hand-to-hand -to -hand fight, like, based on what we saw without any of the Infinity Stones, I mean, Captain Marvel 
it would very obviously give him give him the business. Um, and and I think Thor, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, is just an incredibly powerful human being. And, you know, I thought if it, you know, I definitely think that if his if his head was in the right place and, you know, he came with, you know, the right tactics and we saw how close he came uh, in in Infinity Wars. Yeah, so I, I think you brought up some really powerful names and I actually did some digging and some research Ooh. to find out who's actually done it in the past research. in the comic books. And I've got a, a couple of names to throw out at you to see how you feel about them. So the first one, Dr. Doom. Oh. Has actually done it. And you brought up an interesting point because we got to break it down into two categories. Is this Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet uh-huh. or is he somehow stripped of that advantage? Yeah. And so in the instance of Dr. Doom, he didn't have the Infinity Gauntlet, but... Doctor Doom was kind of in this God Emperor Doom phase, so he was like at his ultimate height of power, and he essentially beat Thanos into submission and requested him to bow before him. Oh, dip. Yeah. Did he? No. Okay. And so Doom ripped out his spine. Oh, dip. Yes. So if you guys want to see that go down, it happens in Secret War number eight from 2016. Whoa. But craziness okay. with that battle. Second one, Thor. You were spot on. My man's done it. Back in 1998, Thor number 25. So he actually took him down with the help of some mystical enchantments. Uh, but the God of Thunder was able to deliver. See, that's what I'm talking about. We also have Squirrel Girl. What? So Squirrel Girl is this character that's been... This is like new on the scene, relatively. Relatively new on the scene. And she, I don't want to say she's omnipotent, but she's been able to take <laughs> down Doctor Doom, Wolverine, Galactus. So at this point, anything is possible in the world of Squirrel Girl. Yeah. And she's also been one of the ones that's taken out Thanos. So when we're, ta- so when we're talking about Squirrel Girl, I must admit, I don't know a ton about this character, except that apparently she commands an army of squirrels. Is like, does she have like other, and she has like a gargantuan like squirrel tail. Like, does she have any other, what are her superpowers? So, in addition to that, she has superhuman agility. Okay. Senses, strength. She has razor sharp claws. That could be helpful. And the ability, as you said, to communicate with squirrels. Okay. I mean, I imagine that the ability to communicate with squirrels, it it probably goes a long way. I feel like in the same way that... You know, like Ant-Man can communicate with like massive hordes of ants, which we'll talk about at some point later on this season. Like, I mean, at the very least, just annoying somebody and distracting somebody with like the potential of like thousands of squirrels just mauling them, even if they're not doing any damage. At the very least, it would freak somebody out. Absolutely. My, My favorite ability is she has heightened reflexes. Which she calls squirrel agility. Squirrel agility. Squirrel agility. Oh, I like that. Let's do it. Let's go. That, that's awesome. I want some squirrel agility. You need some if you're <laughs> gonna take down Thanos. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and with that, that concludes our latest minisode for this month of November. Now we're moving into December, looking forward to the future. And uh, to start off December, we are coming down the pipeline with part two of The Incredible Hulk. 
yes, we're continuing that conversation around mental health, stress physiology, and all of the ins and outs of that world. So for the first part of the episode, we really dove into the physiology of stress uh, and hormones, etc. And for the second part, we're going to change gears a little bit and explore psychology, early life stress, how that affects our emotions. We'll explore aspects of dissociative identity disorder and some of the neurobiology that that underpins the psychological impacts of stress. For that episode, I sit down with Dr. Andrea Letamendi, um, who is a clinical psychologist and also host of the Arkham Sessions, which is a crazy dope podcast all about the psychology of the Batman rogues gallery. And it was a really informative and interesting conversation for me. This is very different from what I typically think about as an evolutionary biologist. And I think it's pretty different from what we have typically done with these episodes. And it does, you know, I think it takes a little bit more of a serious tone. So for those of you who are maybe listening with your kids, like maybe take a listen, you know, by yourself, like you know, maybe skim through it a little bit just to make sure that um, that you think everything is appropriate because we do get into you know aspects of you know childhood trauma we talk about depression we talk a little bit about suicide etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but I think at the end of the day this will be a great way to wrap up our exploration of the Incredible Hulk yeah so looking forward to continuing this conversation and if you guys enjoyed the conversation in November uh, for the first part you're in for a treat for more. And if you haven't had a chance to check out that first part, feel free to hop in there, get started, and catch up with us when we reconnect with you in December. I definitely recommend jumping into part one before we hit part two, because I think they're, um, we're going to pull off of uh, part one a little bit as we continue this conversation. Awesome. So with that said, if you do have the chance and opportunity please take a moment to rate and review our podcast. That means the world to us. It yeah. means the world to the algorithms. And <laughs> we're out here trying to climb these charts. And if you do leave us a review, uh, give us a shout. And uh, we'll certainly mention it on the podcast at some point because we've been reading these user-submitted reviews from the Apple podcast um, every month with our mini-sodes. And we'll continue to do so in the future. So good, bad, anything in between. We'd love to give you a shout out and acknowledge you for listening and and thank you for being a part of our community. Absolutely. And with that, I think we can call it a wrap for this month's mini-sode. Awesome. Let's jump in next month. All right. Until then, be the hero of your own story. Peace.